Welcome to the Pharos Fit Podcast, where we help you to explore your capacity to move better, push further, and achieve your limitless potential through fitness, nutrition, recovery, and lifestyle. Hey guys, welcome back to the Pharos Fit Podcast. We are in part three, part three of our saga. <laughs> it's like the Godfather, part three. Um, saga Fit. It's the saga of myself. Um, yeah, we've been talking a little bit about like just how I got into this, the... the the situation that I'm in right now, that sounds like a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good situation right now, despite everything that's happened in the last year. Um, and and we're doing it just because there are some things that have happened over the course of the last few years and, and my time in, in the fitness, in my fitness life that have uh, maybe of interest to some people. Some people might not care at all, <laughs> but um, there, there are moments that have been interesting and maybe helpful for other people. So um, it's also interesting for me just to just to recap at this point because as, as I said in the in the first podcast, we are about to embark on something new, and when you embark on something new, it's 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 a good time to take stock and, and just you know partly realize you know how far you've come and and kind of take a moment to be to be grateful and to express that gratitude and um, to just acknowledge everything that's happened, and it just helps me kind of understand my story and my journey more. And you know, like I said, everything that's happening now is kind of and a culmination of everything that's that's happened in the, in the past, uh, well, really since since I began this kind of fitness career in my mid twenties. Um, so I'm going to start today, um, I guess, really around 2015, 2016. Um, in the last podcast, we talked about you know the movie stuff, the movie stuff finishing, and where that kind of left me. Um, and when you do finish. Uh, stuff in the movies it is kind of like a weird sensation because you spent a lot of time with a a specific group of people and you've built up relationships and you know you've been in a in a in in an artificial environment um that can't last it's it's only only exists for a certain amount of time you get really close with people and then you you say goodbye at the end of it and maybe you work with those people again and maybe you don't but you're not really sure so for me it was really a um, okay. What do I do now? Kind of moment. And uh, as I mentioned before in the in the podcast, I've been traveling a lot with the with the with Warner Brothers and with the movie stuff. And I'd been fortunate enough to to come to LA. And I'd met uh, uh, Jeff Scarborough, who was a good, who became a good friend of mine, and eventually became my business partner. And um, <clears throat> I met him at uh, another gym, a CrossFit gym um, called CrossFit Mindset. And um, when I when I first came to LA, I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't get it. I didn't get what the attraction was. I it was it kind of dumbfounded by it. I was like, this place just seems like alienating and weird. And everyone drives everywhere. And nobody walks anywhere. And I can't get any kind of like central base. And just like I, I came from somewhere where you could walk around and walk to the shops and walk to get coffee and all that kind of stuff. And I just it just felt weird to me. But once I once I I got to Los Feliz. And I found that gym and I found some people and you can walk around Los Feliz. And I was like, okay, now I, I kind of get it. And as with many people, I found community in fitness. Um, God bless that gym. God bless uh, CrossFit Mindset because they introduced me to um, a bunch of great people who became uh, my you know lifetime friends and in Emily's case, my wife and, um, and my business partners. And it really started my journey uh, in America in, into owning my own, own business here and uh, running that business and gradually building to what it is right now. So in 2016, um, Wonder Woman ended. Um, I was not working for a while. I went back to the UK. I was living uh, in my brother's house um, asking myself a lot of questions, you know, what do I really want to do. You know, how do I how do I deal with um, how do I kind of take the next step? Like the movie stuff had been great for what it was, but it kind of left me feeling a little bit kind of out of things. Um, I didn't really I didn't want to go back and work in a in a commercial gym anymore. I didn't didn't want to just be a, a personal trainer anymore. But you're back on um, the Isle of Wight now. Back too, on the Isle right? of Wight. Um, it's a massive transition. With my family, massive transition. Yeah, I've been I'd been kind of like a traveling traveling trainer like working with some of the biggest people you know in hollywood and um having all these amazing experiences and you know earning great money and and 
having this incredible adventure. And now I kind of found myself back home, um, you know, living in uh, my brother's house, you know, without a job and just thinking, you know, what, what next? And I decided to come to come back to the, to the States. Um, as I said, I'd met Jeff before. He'd introduced me to some other people. You know, the, the, the cogs were kind of turning. Um, I came back briefly. Um, I think it was in the, in the September of 2016. And um, I'd met with a couple of other people. I met with... Uh, Andy Horitz and a friend of mine, Eddie Rayburn, uh, we, we loosely, you know, we talked about opening a gym. Um, that didn't work out, but, um, you know, I'd met Jeff uh, at that point and he'd introduced me to Emily, Emily Cavell. And um, me and Emily, you know, immediately kind of like hit it off, struck a chord. We had similar ambitions, similar dreams. And, um, you know, there was definitely an attraction there. And, um, you know, we had basically one day and um, I flew back to, to the UK. And um, I'd been I'd been out, I can't remember the date I flew out to the States, but I'd, I'd been there a while. And I think actually I flew back in, in the September. Emily knows the exact date. She's a lot better with dates than me. Um, but I came, I came back in the September and, you know, at this point we were kind of like loosely making plans and, you know, I was going to come back. And, um, you know, we were going to, we were going to build a gym. We were going to do something. Um, and we weren't sure exactly what it was. We were toying around with like, you know, a small studio. It was going to be like, you know, just classes. And it was going to be, um, you know, I hate to say the word hit studio because there, there are a lot of terrible ones, but it was going to be a class-based studio kind of thing. And, um, anyway, I came back. Out. I went. I went back home in September. I stayed at, uh, back back on the island for a while, uh, and we were back and forth, like making plans, etc. And uh, I think me, me and Emily spoke most days, um, and we knew that there was something something more than kind of friendship there. And also, um, you know, from a business standpoint, something you know something interesting um, because we, like I said before. I think it's hard to see a future with someone sometimes if you can't see where you're headed in a in a in a career situation. Because for me, you know, I, I'd always found it hard to see a future with someone if I couldn't see a, a vision of the future or, or a plan or or a, or a path that made sense to me. And with Emily, you know, we both saw a path. We both saw a future. We saw we saw we saw something special. And, um, and yeah, there was definitely, there was definitely something there that was more than, you know, more than just friendship. So we communicated every day. And I remember she went to do a a retreat, a yoga retreat in Italy. And, um, like I said, we've been speaking to most days and I've been speaking a lot with Jeff as well. And, um, she said she was, she was flying back to the States, um, via Heathrow. In London, and I was like, "Oh, okay, okay." So I, I secretly, I secretly booked a flight back to the states that coincided with her flight back to the states from Italy. So she would arrive in Heathrow, I would arrive at Heathrow at the same time, and we get the same flight back to America. Sneaky move. So sneaky move, right? Yeah. So up. our second date ever was a twelve-hour flight from London back to Los Angeles. So it was really, it could have gone either way. It could have been an absolute disaster or it could have been great. Um, and luckily it turned out to be great. Um, we, we immediately, you know, hit it off again and, and talked and, and had a great flight. And, you know, it was um, one of those things that just, just works out for the best. Um, and like I said, it was a hell of a gamble. Um, just like, you know, just like it was, you know, just going to LA in the first place. Um, but you know, it, it worked out great. Um, and I actually stayed with Emily for a while when I got back to Los Angeles, just to kind of like get settled, whatever. How'd you uh, come up with a move like that? Where'd you get that idea to get on the, the airplane date? It's a good day. It's a good move. It's probably some film somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't remember where, but some Tom Hanks film. 
Some rom com. Some Tom Hanks film, yeah. Or Matthew McConaughey in his early, <laughs> early days. But um, yeah, it's just, I mean, I talked a lot about this before. Like sometimes you have to just take chances and make decisions and just go for it. Like I think I talked about before when I, when I got on the plane to Los Angeles, the first time after the film stuff, I was like, you know, I'm not coming back to the UK until I, I make something with myself. And when I got on the plane with Emily, it was like, this is something that's worth pursuing. So I'm going to take this chance. Uh, and it's, it was a chance that, 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 that worked out. So I moved, uh, I moved uh, to America with, with the full intent not to return to the UK. Um, this was going to be it. So we flew back together. I eventually moved in with my friend John, John Kim, who a lot of, a lot of you guys know as the angry therapist. And um, me and John uh, lived together uh, for a good while. And we, you know, we had a great time in, in his house in Los Feliz. And um, me, Jeff, and Emily continued to, to work on the what was to become the Faros project, although we didn't know it was that at the time. We were just looking for, for gym spaces, etc. And, um, you know, it took, it took a long time to kind of like find a space and, you know, kind of hone it down to what we wanted, work on different business plans. Me and Jeff were very much like, let's just keep it small. Let's like do something like sensible, start out small and build. Emily was like, no, I'm not doing this unless it's a 10,000 square foot at least facility and <laughs> all this kind of thing. And me and Jeff were like, oh my God, I just, uh, anxiety kicked in. And we're like, oh my God, this is going to be monstrous. Anyway, um, eventually, um, I think it was, it was the day after Thanksgiving in 2016, Jeff found the spot at 1316 Glendale Boulevard. He went for pizza at, um, at um what's it called yeah what place which one God, are you the talking pizza about place opposite Ferros. um across the street on glendale yeah. oh i don't know but it's there's a pizza place there for sure in that plaza God, crap. i'll think of it in a second anyway i think he was hung over he went to get pizza and as destiny would have it opposite the pizza place was this building that hadn't been occupied in a long time it looked derelict um and it's like i think i might have found a good spot so we were like well let's go and have a look at it and um i remember we all walked in and it was like it was one of those kind of like aha moments of like fuck i think this is it and it was exactly what emily wanted it was way bigger than what me and jeff had in mind but it was you know it was the size it was the space it had a lot of potential and um, we pretty much knew <clears throat> from that moment that that was the right the right spot, you know. And that all happened, you know. Uh, like I said, in the, in the months following Thanksgiving, twenty sixteen, um, and at the same time, like so, you know, we found the space. Um, we started working on you know the name, which was to come was to become Faris. We started working on business models. In the mean, in the same time, me and Emily were you know working on our our relationship and so forth. But of course, you know, as is with, with many people who come to America, your, your time here is finite unless you have a, a work visa or a green card or something like that. So we got to the point where, you know, it really was me and Emily just kind of looked at each other like, what do we do here? Like, I, I, I personally, my, my work visa had run out. I'd had the same kind of work visa um, that I had from the, from the film stuff. That was coming to an end, um, and you know we weren't really sure we, we, what we were, what we wanted to do. And so me and Emily just sat down and said, "Well, do we just get married?" Um, which I know sounds absolutely crazy since we'd only, you know, really met in September 2016, <laughs> or uh, <laughs> just before that, and I'd, I'd left in 2016, but uh, in September, but um, we hadn't known each other for very long. Um, it seemed crazy. Uh, my family thought I was insane. Her family were great about it, but I'm pretty sure they must have thought I was insane and that she was insane for doing it. Uh, but they, they didn't act that way, certainly. And um, and we did it. We got married uh, December, 16, uh, December 16th, 2016. Um, very simple wedding, just close friends. Um, her family came down. Um, we had our um, ceremony at just a, a local chapel and we we had our kind of after party reception at a barbecue joint called baby blues 
Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I and know was, that place across the street. Yeah. Well, it, it was the other one. It was the one in, uh, in Hollywood before that one existed. And it was chicken wings. It was barbecue and it was uh, PBR. <laughs> but it was great. You know, it was, it was fantastic. We had a, an amazing time. And from the moment we decided to do it, it was never in our minds that we were making a mistake. It was like, this is the right thing. We're on this path and we're going to make this happen. And, um, and thank God we did. Thank God again, we took the gamble. We took the chance. Um, you know, again, it was just one of those things. It's like, sometimes you just, you just know, and you just do these things. Um, and it was, you know, it was the right decision. It was a great decision. We've loved each other, you know, for four, four years now. And, um, you know, we got Wyatt, who's, who's the best. And, you know, it's just been a complete blessing. And, um, yeah, crazy, but, but amazing. Um, so we got married. And, and then once we got married, it's like, oh, well, I guess now we, we better open this fucking gym. <laughs> so, um, so we got to work. And, um, and God, I cannot tell you how hard it was to open a business slash open a gym in Los Angeles. So much red tape, so many inspections, so much bullshit to go through. Um, the building was great, but it was an old building and it had a lot of problems with it. Um, and it took a lot of construction, a lot of time and a lot of money, uh, way more than we thought it was ever gonna cost. Um, I know everybody says that when they're opening a business, it'll cost you way more than you think. Uh, but well and truly it took us way further than we ever thought was imaginable um so during that phase during the build out and um, we did a lot of park pop-ups we started training people in parks we would take equipment to the park we would take skiers and weights and dumbbells and all these things i and think i saw some workouts. photos like echo park yeah, right yeah. echo park lake people would come it was great um you know of course we weren't making any money we were just doing it all as i like to try and try and like grow the business and try and get the word out tell everybody you know, we've got this great gym coming. Here's what it's going to be about. Um, we had a we had a little bit of a following already from from the gyms we've been working in previously, and eventually we uh, we acquired uh, a shed, the famous shed, which was the shed that belonged to the the property that the gym was in, and it was just a storage shed. But we turned the storage shed into a gym, and I remember, you know, we would train in that gym in. 100 degree heat and it was you know it was a dirty old you know wood wooden shack that again we filled with <laughs> great equipment and we did these crazy workouts um you know we did weightlifting we did uh, crazy metcons you know all kinds of like um bulgarian bag work bulgarian uh, bag work yeah, yeah tell me more about that that sounds like something you I know mean, those bulgarian bags are kind of like sausage bags that you you throw around you can spin they have like a can, handle and you get like yeah yeah, yeah flip them to get some uh yeah, so some do, snatches you do, in you do snatches and you clean jerks you can do windmills okay i know all kinds of cool stuff i know they were called bulgarian bags. it's a great yeah, name yeah so we did a ton of that kind of work um and it was it was great you know it'll be everybody that was involved in the shed will tell you how great those workouts were how amazing you know it was to experience like we didn't have anything of any kind of luxury but people just fucking came experienced it and the people that were members of the shed are still members today and they were our founder members they stayed with us they helped us um and yeah it was it was it was a great time uh, as stressful as it was we were under a lot of pressure you know a lot of financial strain obviously it was taking way longer than we ever thought we were paying rent on a building that we couldn't use. Construction costs were, were growing every day. Um, we couldn't pay ourselves, obviously. We were in mounds of debt. But, um, you know, we always said, like, well, one day we'll look back on this and laugh. We're not quite at that point yet. <laughs> I maintain that we will one day look back on those days and laugh. Um, so eventually, um, you know, a good amount of time went by. But eventually we opened a gym uh, November... I think November 16th, 2017 was our official opening date. Uh, and we done little um, little workouts in there, like just to give people a taste. And then we finally opened, we finally had our launch party. And, um, you know, Pharos opened on, on that date. Now, bear in mind, if you know the gym right now, 
at the, at the in the first instance we only had the one side so we had the the original side which is where we do the compete and where we do the build right now uh where the ride studio is we had that and where the reception is we had that we didn't have the other the other buildings at that point it was just that one side because we thought this building is so big oh my god i'm never gonna fill it like this is huge it's, it's more space than we're ever gonna need um so we opened with just that side and um you know, we had the members that we'd built up over time, um, doing the workouts in the shed, doing the workouts in the parks. And um, those people helped us, you know, build the gym, like put their own sweat into it, sweat equity into it. And um, we opened the gym and it was, you know, it was a, it was a hit from the start. Um, people were coming, it was, it was, it was busy. Um, you know, me, Jeff, Emily, and Kate, our other business partner who was our orig original investor, you know, we all like, you know, had been through a lot of stress by the, by this point, uh, been through a lot together. Um, Jeff at one point uh, went blind in one eye because he was so stressed. Uh, he got bitten by a dog, which was stressful. <laughs> um, he nearly killed me with a ladder at one point, which was stressful. Um, we'd been through, we'd been through a lot already just to get the, just to get the doors open. We'd been through the, through the love it. Um, We'd had a lot of disappointments. We'd been through three contractors by that point. Everyone was terrible. Nothing worked. Um, but we eventually got the doors open. People came and we knew we were onto something special. Um, so over the course of time, you know, as the gym gets busier and busier, we're like, oh, Jesus, this, this space just isn't big enough, which was crazy because in the beginning we thought this place is huge. It's, you know, it's, it's more than we ever need. And I remember, you know, I'd always boxed, like I said before in the previous podcast, in my, in my 20s, my 30s, I'd done a lot of boxing and I always loved boxing. And then I decided to, to host a couple of like boxing classes in the, in the gym space. And in the old gym space, we had the, I don't know if you remember, Brenda, but we had the turf on one side and we had those, um, those rigs on the left-hand side and I just hung bags up on the rigs and I did like some boxing classes and it was super popular. So then it was like, I remember Kate saying to me, well, really, we could we could do with a boxing gym. And it was like, oh, my God, how do we do this? So we knew the space next door was available. It had been sitting there for a while. The space upstairs next door. It wasn't filled at all once you guys were in there, right? Was there anybody ever in there? No. Well, no, it was, it was originally like an office space. And um, beneath it was the dog training space, the blue blue collar work, you know, working dog uh, training space. And above it was just empty offices. But we knew it, it would have been empty for a while. Uh, our landlord, who owned the, the, the entire building, offered us a good deal on the, on the lease. So again, it was one of those moments where we're like, oh my God, do we just go for it? So it's like, fuck it, let's just go for it. Even though, of course, by this point, we're already in a lot of debt. Um, we, you know, we still have a lot to pay back, but it was kind of like, you again, the voice in your head is like, you have to spend money to make money. And if we're true, if we're serious about this, if we really want to build something special, we're going to have to expand, blah, 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 blah. So we again took the gamble um, and we acquired the space upstairs next door. Once again, it took a lot more money than we thought it was going to take. We had to redo a lot of the floors. Um, we had to completely gut it out. There was a lot of weird spaces in there. We had to put in a couple of extra skylights. Um, we had to put in AC, you know, uh, we put in this beautiful copper wall in the, in the repair room. So again, it costs a lot of money, uh, but um, it allowed us to, you know, really develop this hybrid model that we now have. It enables us to put on um, different classes that do different things at the same time. So we could run a build, a fight, um, and a train all at the same time if we wanted to. So we would have build upstairs, we'd have train, which is our high intensity training program, and we could have repair. Uh, yoga and flow all going on at the same time whilst having uh, build or compete downstairs. So it, it allowed us to become this, this, this great hybrid facility that, that, that people know Faros as now. Um, so we did it. Um, and again, it was, it was great. It was successful. Um, you know, we started like increasing our membership, you know, um, before we'd had to really like divide the day up between build and train and build and train and build and train and repair and kind of fit things in. And now we had this, 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 this much broader spectrum, this much broader program and people could really like divide their, 
that day. I mean, a lot of people would come twice a day, some people even three times a day because they just wanted to do different classes. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we still had, we also still had an open gym downstairs in a, in a portion of the downstairs facility, um, which was a basic open gym, but we did have some great equipment. We had a, like a big cable machine. We had a squat, um, a leg press. Um, we had uh, squat stations, um, you know, hamstring curls, leg extensions, that kind of stuff. Um, but everything, everything, you know, fitted in this in this in this new kind of like um, two buildings essentially. They were connected via um, two two separate doors, so you'd have to go in one door, one building for one uh, one kind of class type, and one one building for another. So this goes on for a good while. Um, then at the end of twenty nineteen. Um, or I guess mid 2019, we had the crazy idea. Well, we were almost forced into it um, because we had the boxing gym upstairs, we had the train gym upstairs, and beneath this was the dog training facility. Uh, Blue collar working dog, who are our neighbors, great people. You know, they kind of said to us, you know, the dogs are freaking out, the noise is too much. You know, you're going to have to like quiet down. And we were like, oh my God, there's just, there's just no way that we can do that. Like we're, we're trying to run the gym, we have music, everything's playing, the boxing, it makes noise. Um, and, you know, we weren't really sure like what to do. And anyway, it kind of coincided with them thinking, you know what, we'd, we'd rather just give up this space. Um, I don't think it was working out too well for them. So basically the landlord came to us and said, look, you're going to have to take over this space because you've basically made it impossible for them to make the run to run a business anymore. <clears throat> so, you know, it was kind of our fault. Um, but I think it kind of like worked out for the best for them because I don't think, like I said, that it was making too much sense for them to keep it. So again, we found ourselves in the position of like, do we take the gamble? Um, I'd wanted to do like a, a more of an open gym, um, facility anyway i wanted to get more equipment more bodybuilding type stuff because i knew that there was going to be more of a market for this 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 hybrid facility that could offer both bodybuilding and you know crossfit type workouts and boxing and high intensity training you know there's a whole another market we can tap into um i come from that background at gym box i'd seen i'd seen it work um and i thought we could do something beautiful in there and 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 we did exactly that the the space which is now known as the base is a beautiful open gym um the company that helped us um blow Loughlin, uh, Bo Loughlin, who's, a, who's a member of ours his company helped us build it out uh, he did a great job um but again it was a lot of money <laughs> it went way over budget and uh and yeah it was another another gamble that you know ultimately paid off but but you know but costs a lot of money to make. Uh, so again, the, the the moral of the story here is like every every time you grow your business, it will cost you a lot more money than you think it's gonna. But if you believe in something enough, and you know you have a vision in your head and you have a dream in your head, you just take the gamble and you just do these things. Um, you don't have the money. Um, you just leverage yourself, and that's exactly basically what you do. Uh, I, I always kind of joke to people, America is built on people just getting themselves into debt. Uh, that's, <laughs> it just seems like success is just really how much debt that allow you to get into. As well as the risk taking as well. It's like if you risk, the more you risk, the higher that reward is, but also how low that demise could be. Right. So I mean, so- I sank, I had a good amount of savings from the film stuff. I sank every penny I had into Pharos. Um, our investor, Kate, put, way, put in way more money than she ever had to. Jeff put in way more money. Um, Emily, we, we all we all put everything we had into it because we believed in it, you know. And at a certain point, you're like, if this doesn't work well, for me, especially because I'm a little bit older than Jeff and a little bit older than Emily, I'm like, if this doesn't work, I do not know what the fuck I'm going to do with my life. So this has to fucking work. At this point, this has to work because this is it for me. So I was willing to do whatever it took to to make it happen and to, you know, to 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 tame the beast that it was um and you know we again it took longer than we thought and we opened it at the end of 2019 and and it was a hit right off the bat um and going into 2020 
you know, things were looking really good. We were, we were finally making profit. We were finally paying our debts back. It was like, yes, everything we did was worth it. All the struggles were worth it. We made it happen. We can be proud of ourselves. We're providing a good service. We are delivering a good, a good service to our members. Our members are happy. We're looking good. And then, of course, the motherfucking pandemic. Um, so we initially closed down March 15th. Um, I remember people talking about COVID in January. And um, it almost being like a joke of like, oh, there's this thing in China. Have you heard about it? I was in China and India in December oh, of that 2019 right. going to 2020. And I didn't like... I didn't even see anything there. You know, I didn't take it seriously. I was like, I didn't even. I don't. I, I don't really watch the news, to be honest. Especially in America, the news just is depressing. You can't. <laughs> um, so I, I wasn't really on the ball with it. And um, I remember my client Arturo uh, saying to me, "I think this was in February. Gyms in New York are closing. You're gonna you're gonna close down. Like they're gonna tell you to close down. I'm like, what are you talking about? They're not gonna close it down. It's never gonna happen." And of course, uh, of course, uh, March rolls around and um, and we get shut down. And of course, like I just said, we were finally making money. We'd finally turned a corner financially. We were paying back our debts. And now it was like, oh my God, like this is just, you know, come on. I cannot believe it. And of course, I know it wasn't just us. Everybody was in this boat. Every My heart goes out to every small business, every gym. Everybody went through this. Um, but of course... As always, you have to you have to have the tenacity, you have to have the belief, you have to have the, the hard work in you and the, the grind and the spirit to keep the ball rolling. And, and so immediately we pivoted, we brainstormed and we uh, and we went online. We um, you know we closed down March 15th, March 16th, we went online and we started doing online workouts. Um, I did it from the living room in my bedroom. I did the morning session. Jeff did the afternoon from his um, from his house. Emily did a repair session, and we just went from there. And we, you know, we, we, we did it every day. It was very fucking basic in the beginning because we didn't know how the hell to do it. You know, we were not an online business. We we're not a virtual business. That was not our business plan. Um, there are companies out there that do this professionally and do it a lot better than us. All we had was like our membership and offering a service to our membership and trying to give them something just to just to just to hold on to them and to 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 keep things going and luckily we have the best membership in the world the best members in the world and and they supported us through it uh, they continue to pay their dues a lot of them and um you know we provided the best possible service we could you know from from our houses um and eventually we did um you know, as always, you're like, how can we offer more? What can we do more? So we did um, we did an online challenge, the Limitless Challenge, the virtual challenge. Um, we got all our coaches involved. Our coaches had teams. Every coach had a had a speciality. So there was like a, a gymnastic emphasis, or there was a weightlifting emphasis, or there was a running emphasis. Uh, there was a CrossFit emphasis. There was all these different projects. There was a, a push-up program that I put together. There was a repair program, there was a yoga program, all these different programs, all virtual, you know, all still basic. Obviously, like I said, we're not high tech. We didn't, didn't, didn't have that knowledge at the time. And um, and yeah, luckily it was enough to, to provide our, our, our members with a, with a decent service. And like I said, they stuck with us and it kept people, it gave people something to do with their days because everybody by this stage was in lockdown. It was weird. It was weird. It was a fucking weird time. But it gave it gave everybody a sense of purpose and everybody like like I said a sense of something to do, and um, you know and it worked. Um, so we held on to what we could. You know, um, it was a, it was a really tough time mentally, um, but we you know like I said when you when you have something that you believe in and that you you've put so much into and you've. You've put, you've poured every penny into. You can't, you can't just give it up. So you know, you, you fight tooth and nail to, to keep it alive, and that's what we did. And uh, as you guys remember, eventually we were allowed to reopen for a brief time. 
I can't remember what that date was. Can you remember, Brennan? We came out of quarantine the first time. Was it July? I can't even remember. Sometime midsummer. Midsummer. We were allowed to reopen. No, I don't think it was like October, actually. Like later in the year. Yeah, I can't remember. Especially because gyms, they, they wouldn't let... I know there was a controversy because like gyms, like, although this is something that's going to help people with COVID or prevent COVID, you guys weren't allowed to open. You weren't in the first wave. It was the second wave. But you right. guys were starting to allow... In the first wave, we were allowed to reopen. I think we were only open for a month or so. Maybe, and then, six, and then maybe six weeks. And then we were shut down again. And that's, of course, when the outdoor situation happened now we could uh, another podcast could happen about the wrongs and rights of whether we should have <laughs> to shut down or not but um once the second shutdown happened we knew we had to pivot outdoors which was the start of muscle beach right the east side muscle beach east side muscle beach now again i remember sitting in the office with my management team was me, Emily, Elena, and Laura on a conference call. And I was like exhausted by this process. I was like, oh my God, like, what do we do now? It's like, okay, we got to open outside. We'll open in the parking lot. So I took every, the next day, the next day they came around. We told everyone what was happening. We have two parking lots at Ferris Athletic Club. We took one parking lot away and turned it into an outdoor gym. We took dumbbells out, we took kettlebells out, we took mats out. We used like umbrellas and stuff and then eventually ordered like gazebos, coverage, carts to cart everything in and out. Uh, we had neighbors, so we only opened the, uh, the Muscle Beach in our car park from uh, like 10 till six. And then after a while, um, it was like, this isn't enough. What about our morning members who can't come later in the day? So then we rented out Blue Collar Working Dogs car park in the morning from 6 a.m. till 9 a.m. So the people that came in the morning would go to that car park. We'd wheel everything out that side. And then at a certain time of day after the after the 9 a.m. class finished, we'd wheel everything over to the other side. And then the other side would be open from 10 till 6, 10 till 7. Um, so it was a ton of work. Um, I have the best team in the world. They were incredible. They Andre helped. was pulling a lot. They, these boys and girls were like, you know, oh my God, God bless them. Like cutting everything one side, cutting everything the other. Ton of work, ton of effort, ton of complaints from neighbors. Police coming. Oh, the oil and the gas. city coming. Don't forget about that one. People pouring gasoline over our car parks to try and get us to go away. People, the building getting broken into the building getting graffiti, like constant hassle, constant crime. Um, nobody really helping us from the city. Um, you know, it was, it was a real, real hard time. And it was one thing after another. And it was blow, it was, it was blow after blow after blow. And, um, you know, just a, just a really hard time to be a business owner. Uh, and one of those situations where you do ask yourself, like, is it worth it? Like, even if we get through this, by that point, we've lost so much revenue. We're in so much debt. Like, is, is this even escapable? Like, are we just going to be, you know, we never, since opening the gym, me and, me and Emily and Jeff had always, always paid ourselves the bare minimum. And it felt like, you know, we're never going to be ever going to be able to pay ourselves more than that because, you know, we're going to be in debt for the rest of our lives here. Um, so, you know, it really was, there was a lot of like, hard conversations a lot of like tough like you know do we believe in what we're doing like is there a way forward for us like you know um what do we do here um but luckily you know we all i think at different stages one of us was always down and the rest of us were always up and we all helped each other kind of get through it and as I said before, we had such incredible members, both virtually and by this point, virtually and in person that supported us, that encouraged us, that showed up, that let us know how much we were helping them get through, to get through life because this was hard on everybody, everybody. This wasn't just us suffering. This was everybody suffering. 
and everybody everybody needed each other and we we were able to provide a service that brought people together you know people were alone a lot of the time like isolated in quarantine but they could come to train outside they could see their friends or their colleagues they could get a great workout um, they would get that mental stimulation, that physical stimulation, that social stimulation that they were desperate for. Um, and it, it kept people going and it kept us going. And there was no way we were ever going to turn our back on that. So, you know, we kept things going, we kept things alive. And of course, ultimately and eventually, um, we were allowed to, to, to reopen and come back inside after months and months. I mean, almost a year, basically. Almost a calendar year. I think almost exactly a calendar year of being outdoors and just thinking surely surely this is only going to last for another couple of weeks surely just a couple more weeks just a couple more weeks people people in the beginning said are you guys going to be closed for six months i was like no fucking way they would never do that to us it would be impossible people will just go bankrupt it was a year um and a lot of people did go bankrupt a lot of small businesses closed a lot of gyms closed a lot of restaurants closed around us super sad um, but like I said, we were fortunate enough and, and, and I guess wise enough or hardworking enough just to, you know, just to not give up and to keep it going. And eventually we reopened and, um, you know, I, I guess the worry was we've been outside for so long. Would people be comfortable coming back inside? Cause you know, people still had fear and people were still like had their concerns and stuff. We'd never had any, um, any uh, outbreaks at the gym, either indoor or outdoor. Um, we'd done a ton of protocols. We'd spent a ton of money. I no member mention- passed away at all during the whole COVID stuff, did they? No. No, no we never had any any problems. But um, <laughs> like I think you have a healthy, uh, healthy staff and healthy uh, right. customer base. As we said from the beginning, the key to the whole thing was keeping healthy immune systems, and we, we did that. Um, but we spent a ton of money on cleaning protocols. We bought these special UV light cleansers. Um, we bought a ton of different products. The cleaning guns, right? Cleaning the, guns, all, yeah. this, all this stuff, which cost thousands and thousands of dollars. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize, like, when the city says, oh, you, you have to do this and you have to do that. It's like, yeah, that all costs money and we're not making any money right now. So all we're doing is increasing our debt, which we cannot pay back because you will not let us open. <laughs> so it was a real tough time, uh, again, for that. But it was worth it because none of our members got sick. There was never any outbreaks. Um, you know, some members had more concerns than others, just as I've said before, like everybody has their own relationship to this thing. Some people uh, are more um, affected by it, some people less, but everybody has their own relationship and we all need to be open-minded about that. So when we did reopen, you know, some people were com- comfortable coming back inside. We did lose some members who weren't comfortable, but we knew that was going to happen. There was just no way around it. But financially, we could no longer support like both indoor and outdoor training. We didn't mm. have the financial means. We didn't have the equipment necessary for that kind of operation. So we had to bring everything back inside. Fortunately, the vast majority wanted to come back inside. They were ready to come back inside. Of course, we had to wear masks, which was, again, very difficult, very uncomfortable. You know, again, we can go back and forth on whether it's right to make people work out work out in masks because there are risks associated with that. It can be very detrimental to train in, uh, to train in a mask. Um, so again, people have different opinions about that, but it was of course the, 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 the law in Los Angeles. So we had to abide by it and, um, people were, you know, very thoughtful of each other, very caring of each other. You know, everybody kind of helped each other through and it, it was, again, it was great. It was like people working out inside, you know, we'd all shared in the terrible experience. We'd all shared in the hardship. We'd all suffered. By this point, everybody was kind of exhausted by it, by COVID, and they just wanted to like get back to some kind of normalcy. And the gym provided people with that. You know, I think the gym, the gym provided congregation. It provided social interaction. It provided you know the physical action of working out, um, and just in general, just a, a great a great spirit that, that people were. You know, people were not getting from anywhere else. Um, so we were grateful and and you know inspired to provide that for people you know it was we, we were getting that feedback this is the one thing keeping me going this is the one thing i look forward to in my day and it really kept us going so thank you to everyone that did that um so you know we, we start back up and we're inside and of course gradually like we start increasing classes and we start getting 
back to some sense of normalcy. The volume returns. The volume starts to return. We we lost by this point. You know, we were down fifty percent in revenue at least because obviously we couldn't offer half of what we used to offer. Some people had had left. A lot of people moved out of Los Angeles. Um, a lot of members just didn't want to come to the gym anymore because they were too afraid, or they just didn't feel. You know, whether it was like. Um, a moral thing of like being in a communal space or whether it was just like um, genuine fear of, of being in a communal space. Or they have what, a family member at Or they have family members they're, they're yeah. concerned about, whatever it was. Everyone had their reasons. So we were down, you know, at least 50% in revenue. But gradually, gradually started to creep back up. And um, and yeah, we, we kind of like start started to find and are still finding our way back to where we were at that remember i said at the start of 2020 when we were finally being able to like pay the bills and, and make ends meet it's funny because um i think the perception of faris on the outside sometimes is all oh, these guys have a ton of money they spent look at all their equipment like look at all the, the amazing things they have i'm telling you like everything that we have and everything that we do is simply because we believe so much in in what we're doing and we are willing to invest in it for the future but you know it it, it all it all it is really is 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 is, is a, a debt and a uh, and a debt that is like relative to the support that we've had from our you know our financial backers and our investor kate and and our, and the, the belief in ourselves that we are building something special and we are willing to invest because we know we have something special we have a great membership that deserves you know deserves the kind of equipment that we have um and to 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 charge the kind of prices that we charge and to to keep our community happy we want to provide the kind of you know services and kind of equipment that we have that of course comes with a price but you know long term we believe it will it will it will be worth it so you know, sometimes it's hard to, to express to people when they're saying, well, why can't you do this? And why can't you do that? And it's kind of like, well, you know, all these things cost a lot of money. We don't have a ton of money. We're a small family business. We're not a big corporate business. We don't have like huge bank accounts behind us. We're just a small family business trying to make ends meet. Um, and we've made a lot of sacrifices to make it happen. Um, but we've done it in a way that's been gradual, that's been based on, you know, a good solid business plan that's been based on trust and, and, you know, thankfully we've, we've had a great, um, a great deal of financial help from our investor Kate and we've put everything, everything we earned, we put back into the business. Um, and, and yeah, we, we, we made it happen somehow. <laughs> um, so anyway, so we start building back up, get back to the point where we were before and, um, we are now, we we found ourselves at a place where, you know, me and Emily are both very entrepreneurial, um, and Kate. Um, Jeff, by this point, had decided to kind of go go a different route. He's still at the gym, he's still our great friend, he's still doing his clients and so forth, but in terms of running the gym, he's not um, involved anymore. Um, so, you know, me and Emily were very much like, okay, we know we want to grow. We know we're inspired by growth. We know we're entrepreneurial. We, we have to, we have to do something. Um, we do have to do something more. Uh, we can't just like, we can't, this can't just be about survival. This has to be about growth. You know, we can see that Faros is building itself back up to where we want to be. Of course, we are going to continue to invest in and build up Faros Athletic Club. Um, it's our baby. We love it. Um, but we, we, we wanted to do something else as well. We wanted to expand the business. And, um, and so that's what we started to work on. And um, if you tune in next week, we are gonna tell you about this exciting new project that we have coming up. Um, but for now, I just wanna say that, um, you know, Faros Athletic Club, where it is now, um, it took a ton of hard work um, it took a lot of gambles. Um, it took great people. It took great relationships. It took a lot of understanding. It took a lot of trust. Um, and it took a lot of tenacity and just saying to yourself, never say die. 
there are so many times, so many times, I know that a lot of people would have said, this is just crazy, just stop, like give it up, like this is not worth it, like you were gonna sacrifice 10 years of your life just trying to make ends meet. But for us, it was worth the effort, it was worth every gamble we took, um, it was worth you know our, our hearts and our souls and our you know our, our, our hard work and the hours of hard work that it took um, and yeah no, at no point have I ever regretted opening first athletic club even though at some points it felt hopeless now I'm the guy that always says like I'm always hopeful like I, I never I never lose hope completely um, I've always been no, you can fucking try and destroy me. I will, you can hurt me. You can do whatever, but ultimately I'll find a way to rise up above it. And there have been many times when I know during, you know, the, 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 the building of Faras that we've all felt, everyone involved in the building of the club has felt at some point, you know, is this hopeless? You know, is this, is this worth it? And, you know, when you look at the gym now, when you look at everything we've built, when you look at our membership base, when you look at the quality of the gym and the amazing people that are involved in this business, the amazing coaches we have, the amazing team. I've hardly talked about what amazing coaches we have and how many how many times over the years the right coach has come in at the right time and boosted the business, made it better. Um, you know, it started with, with just me, Emily, and Jeff coaching. Um, and we're all great coaches. But other coaches have come in that have improved the business um, and have brought their own energy and their own knowledge and their own hard work ethic. And they've helped support us. They've helped grow our business. Um, you know, in turn, we've provided a great space for them, great jobs for them, a great income for them. And, you know, we would not be here today if not for the coaches that we've had over the years. And they, they have been phenomenal and and helped us like build the community that we now have and that we can be really proud of so i just want to say thank you to all our all our both our coaching staff and our front desk office and everyone and our cleaning staff and everybody involved in the running of the club you guys are incredible um this has been a really like hard year for us 2020 going into 2021 but i know in my heart that we are going to do so well in the next couple of years um as we as we rebuild this business and as we look forward to this this next adventure, which we'll hear more about in the next podcast. Um, but yeah, that's kind of part three. So um, yeah, that kind of sums up where, where I'm at. Um, you know, like I said, my journey into fitness started with just a gym in my home on the Isle of Wight. Um, just a very simple, basic uh, gym in my bedroom. And um, it evolved to what I believe is uh, the best gym in Los Angeles. Um, and it will only keep getting better. And we will keep working hard to make sure that it it thrives and then it provides for you guys uh, a fantastic facility. It provides great job, jobs for all our staff. It provides a great service to the community. Um, and in the years ahead, I think we can all be excited about what's to come. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and um, if you want to swing by the gym, we're at 1316 Glendale Boulevard. Uh, we have open gym. We have our limitless membership, which is access all areas. We have multiple classes happening from boxing, gymnastics, to CrossFit, to bodybuilding, to interval training, everything you could wish for. So do come by and see us. Um, we do have uh, special offers at the moment, uh, special offers at the moment, which you should come and hear about. And uh, yeah, just come on, check out, check out the facility. I know you're going to love it. All right, guys, until next time, take care and see you soon.